Hi, and welcome back to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast, where we share positive stories and suggestions about finding hope, resources, and connections to help us all get through hard times. I'm Karen Sullivan, a mom, an author, and a stage four cancer patient who's always looking around me for inspiration. I believe in surrounding myself with people and experiences that make me smile. And that's what I'm hoping to do for you today. And as I always say, please grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and now let's get started. So where do I begin now in 2024? Today I'm going to give you some updates on what's been going on with me because of course the season ended last October and it's been a few months. For those of you who know me or are new to me, since I've been dealing with cancer for 19 years and stage four now for 10, I share my stories and experiences so that I can help others, so that we can put one foot in front of the other and deal with whatever hardship you're dealing with. It doesn't have to be cancer. It can be anything else. But many times, and that's why I'm going to start here where I'm going to give you a little bit of update on me. Now, if you're just meeting me, I was first diagnosed almost 20 years ago, three months after I was married. I was 31 years old. And I'm dating myself here, be able to tell you that there weren't the resources and the support groups around breast cancer that we know of today. So at first, I was largely there on my own. However, like so many things happen in life, I am so lucky that some incredible people in my community jumped in. And those first three people were actually the three that I dedicated the book Happiness Through Hardship to, Mary Ann Wassell. If you know her, the founder of the Get in Touch Foundation, who was a very dear friend of mine, and her three kids all babysat my son at one point. Ellen Caviolo, who was the mother of a friend of mine and my husband, who became such an incredible help, held my hand through so much through my diagnosis. And Megan Zucker, who is somebody that I only met after my initial cancer diagnosis. She was a friend of a friend of a friend from college who had dealt with this before me, and she was amazing. Again, this dates us. She had researched so much, filled a binder, and actually overnighted it to me when I needed it back in the day. So I'm incredibly grateful for them, and Happiness Through Hardship, the book, which is about being diagnosed with cancer, whether you are the patient or you're a caregiver, is dedicated to them. Now, if you know my story and quick, I'll tell you about that because if you know cancer, it's always interesting. In 2004, I was diagnosed December 29th. In 2005, I had a bilateral mastectomy, reconstruction, 16 weeks of, as they call it, the red devil chemo, adromycin, cytoxin, and taxol. And afterwards went on tamoxifen for about two and a half years before I became pregnant, had my miracle baby. I always tear up at that point because I know I'm so lucky because chemo can oftentimes hurt or hinder your reproductive system, but I was lucky. And after I had Kyle and we, uh, we th I then went back on tamoxifen for another two years. Now, as my story goes, nine years after that first diagnosis, I became one of the statistics. 30% of early stage breast cancer patients whose cancer returns, this time it was stage four. And I was... I don't know if I'd say lucky, but in this case, it was the same ERPR positive, HER2 new negative, cancer from the first time around. And I continued to be a good patient, just like I was the first time, listening to what my doctors recommended. I also became an even stronger patient advocate for myself. 
I started researching who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. And that's how I started Pretty Wellness. It's my first brand where I shared stories and suggestions about taking small steps towards healthy living. Now, much of this information is in the book, Happiness Through Hardship. However, it still lives on on prettywellness.com or in many of these podcast episodes. We talk about ways because, listen, for me, the hardship is cancer. But for many of us, it could be many things. We're touching upon making small tweaks to your healthy regimen can really, really help. So back to my story, like with any diagnosis or re-diagnosis for that matter, those first few months are incredibly trying, connecting with doctors and practitioners, starting new treatment therapies, and by the way, getting used to it. I will say I am very, very, very lucky. In those first nine years living with stage four, I was on a cancer drug treatment, which was called Ibrands, which yes, of course, it was very hard. It was also less invasive than some of the other treatments out there. And when I say hard, honestly, it's just really different for everyone because our bodies react to drugs differently. But overall, I got used to it. And I was on Ibrands for seven of the nine years of that first line of therapy. And honestly, that's just because I was diagnosed in 2013, re-diagnosed with cancer, but with stage four in 2013. And it wasn't until 2015 that that drug was approved by the FDA. And so then the next seven years I became, uh, I was on Ibrands. And it wasn't until August 2022 when I first got off that first line of treatment. Now, for those of you that follow the podcast, you know I took a sabbatical that year while adjusting to a, this clinical trial. Now, we could have a whole podcast episode on clinical trials. I think the website, which has a ton of information, is like, and I will put it in the show notes, is clinicaltrials.gov. There are so many clinical trials out there that can be incredibly helpful and life-saving to many. I'm so grateful that the medical community is out there and that they are willing to put the time, the energy, the work into finding new treatments. It, it It's amazing. And I... You know, I did well for a year, or at least I was able to live on it for a year. And when you have stage four diagnosis, you are just hoping that something works. And when it doesn't, you've got something else. So I was on that clinical trial for about a year. And I will say clinical trials can be tough. I'm lucky that Memorial Sloan Kettering is within an hour. Well, I say that kind of jokingly because with traffic, it could be two and a half hours each way. But nonetheless, through public transportation, through driving, through whatever you want, it, it is not that far that I could make that commute happen. And yes, there were times you feel a little bit like a, um, a lab rat because, hey, you got to get blood work done a lot. You've got to follow a certain protocol and it is not always fun. However, it can help. And it, it can be life-saving for many. And that is why I believe wholeheartedly in research. There, When you're dealing with, especially with advanced disease, even with early stage disease, you want more treatments. And this isn't just for cancer, by the way. This is for a lot of things out there. And if you know me, whether it's you know Karen Fine Sullivan, or if you know me because of the book, Happiness Through Hardship, uh, the social media, and the brand Pretty Wellness, you know that I am a proud member of the Cancer Couch Foundation. The Cancer Couch Foundation is a privately funded nonprofit organization 
you've probably heard of 501c3s, that has funded over $5 million to metastatic breast cancer research since its inception in 2016. What's unique to the Cancer Couch Foundation is not only that they donate only to metastatic breast cancer research and the -the state-of-the-art research labs that they fund, but also 100% of these donations and event proceeds are matched. So for all the people through the years that have donated to one of the fundraisers I've put up there, whether it was the one on Instagram this fall, whether it was the Cancer Beat fundraising event, which by the way, if you're listening to me right now and my heart was just so full from all the people that donated, some people I think that listen right here to the podcast that I barely know and I'm so grateful for listening. There were a whole slew of people also from my past, people that I haven't talked to in 10 years that would make me tear up, whether it was somebody I went to summer camp with, whether it was somebody that I worked with, people from the Minnesota Timberwolves that I haven't spoken to in years, people from other jobs, you know, back old friends from Minneapolis, friends here from the community that I live in. I can't even begin to share how grateful I am for all that money that's going towards research because that's going to help. It's hopefully going to help me. And it's for sure going to help our future, our kids, their kids, because we know I can speak to even the better treatments I've received because of this research, because of the clinical trial. And while it stopped working, there was a short while where it did. And so to continue with what's been going on, A week after my milestone birthday last July, I was kicked off the trial. That kind of brings us to where I am today, where I'm at now. And I will tell you that now I'm in a good place. Uh, The time of this taping, I've been on a new treatment for four months. And for those of you that know metastatic breast cancer, I'm on an infusion of immunotherapy called Keytruda, as well as Gem Carbo. It's a combination of chemo. I'm doing the Paxman cold caps, which has kept my hair looking relatively normal. And I will say that's a whole episode we could talk about because it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for a lot of people. And it's hard. It is really, really hard. However, I look in the mirror and I look like myself. And for those around me, especially my kid, maybe even his friends and the people that are in our, our, you know, our small bubble will say, I look the same even when I don't feel right. I will tell you, even though I look relatively normal. This fall was one of the hardest and most excruciatingly painful times of my life. Now, if you listen to the episode coming back uh, after the the sabbatical in 2022, so I had uh, the new season started out in May of 2023, and I talk a bit about the clinical trial and the fear of the unknown and the fact that cancer mutates. And while I spent nine years with ERPR positive or to new negative metastatic breast cancer, stage four, it mutated in the fall of 2022, and it mutated to a very aggressive form of of cancer, triple negative breast cancer. And I will tell you, this August, when I had to re-biopsy, when we had to relook at the situation, there was a lot of fluid around my lungs in the pleura, which is the chest wall. We re-biopsied that area and we found out that, yes, in fact, it is triple negative and that is on paper the most aggressive form of breast cancer. So 
there definitely was this fear of the unknown. Like, how long was I going to live? Like, I've been lucky for this long, but how long is that going to last? There was discomfort and pain from a few surgeries because of that liquid. I had a Plurex catheter put in my chest wall. And I'm happy to say that after two months, it came out and it seemed to work. Uh, But there were times when it was incredibly uncomfortable and I would cry at night because I couldn't sleep well. I also finally got a port for my chemo infusion and I kicked and screamed. I didn't want one, but you probably followed my social media on Pretty Wellness and knew that I had a very hard time with my small veins. So what I've learned most about dealing with cancer for 19 years, and now it's 10 years with stage four, is that sometimes I just need to give myself space to regroup so that I can get to a place mentally and even physically where I'm comfortable and close to my own peace of mind. So while the podcast continued through October, at this point in late July, you may have noticed my social media was less personal and more about podcast themes and guests. And that was intentional. That was me needing some time to just adjust to my new cancer life. And so I say this to you out there Yes, I am a positive soul. I really believe in looking at the glass half full, but that works for me. I will always say, and if you've read the book, I've got a a, a chapter in it where I talk about mourning without care. And I send that out to any of you going through a hard time out there. Don't do what people tell you to do. Don't do what other people are going to say. Be happy, be positive, be strong, be this. You do need to figure out what works for you. And sometimes it just means taking a little space to regroup so you can figure that out. Now, um, you know, back to where I'm at now, what's happening for me right now is in this adjustment period, I can tell you that I am looking, the goal here is to lessen the cancer for it not to grow. I'm not going to be, even if you look at me and hopefully I look really pretty sometimes in those pictures, uh, that doesn't mean I have less cancer. The, the beauty and the curse of stage four is that oftentimes some of these treatments, we may not lose our hair and some of them we will. We are living with cancer for the rest of our lives. And so I am lucky at this point that I'm a cancer patient and I look like myself and I'm able to work in a capacity that's flexible for my life, not just as a cancer patient, but also as a parent. And this episode is kicking off my next season of Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. So I'm so happy that you've been here to support me through my journey. And also, hopefully, you've enjoyed the episodes in the past and the episodes in the future. Now, my goal with this podcast has been to bring the conversations about health topics where experts and those experienced talk about taking small steps towards better health, which often leads to greater happiness. Now, I do want to be clear. I am not talking toxic positivity. Like I just said earlier, what works for one person may not work for somebody else. I learned a very long time ago when Greenwich Hospital used to give my name out to other cancer survivors that not everyone wants to be happy through that hardship. I think many of us, when going through a stressor in life, just may want to have our lives be a little better. And that's why I suggest take the time, take the moments to regroup Spend a little time, if you can, listening to yourself. And and that does take a little time. And that could take journaling. That could take praying. That could take exercise. It could take talking to others. It just might take a little bit of time. And I'm hoping that through 
the episodes here to date, we have 105 episodes. And by the time we end the season, we're going to have a ho- close to 130 episodes. These conversations are hopefully going to bring you hope, whatever stress you're going through in life. And hopefully things can get better. Now I have the list of these. If you want to go back in time, you can go to karensullivan.com and you know, I spell my name differently. So that's C-A-R-Y-N Sullivan.com backslash podcast. And that gives you these not just chronological order, but also in themes. I also want to take a moment and talk to you about what we're kicking off in January. We're going to talk about some of our favorite subjects, especially clean eating, because that's where I started with my wellness journey. And I am so, so, so proud and grateful that I got to speak with Rachel Beller, who's, she's a celebrity nutritionist and bestselling author who shares many tips on clean eating, especially a focus on spicing and power foods, which a lot of this, while I sort of do, listen, you know, turmeric is good for you. And you know that adding, you know, call them superfoods to your diet diet has got to be good. But uh, I really love this conversation. Uh, Another one was with another New York Times bestselling author, Jen Stevens. She is back again on the podcast. She talked to us before about living a clean-ish lifestyle. And now she's really talking about her favorite topic where she is, very well known in the intermittent fasting world. And she talks about the myths and how to make it work for you. I find it very interesting whether you like it or not. There's so many ways to fast or to even just have this window of eating that is not just eating all day long and whatever you want to eat. So that is coming for you in 2024. We also have a ton of other experts that are sharing their, as I say, stories and suggestions about better sleep creating a healthy life at the cellular level. Now, this could mean herbs. This could mean supplements. We're going to talk to someone who is a mixologist, and he is a mixologist about sober lifestyle and living faux and fake, living and enjoying faux and fake drinks. We talk about green beauty. I love that topic because, hey, there's so many products out there that will really become better for our health and better for our bodies if we pick a non-toxic option. We talk about that, why it's important and the benefits. And then, of course, one of my favorite topics, parenting. We talk to some parenting experts and then one of my very, very, very favorite authors. She is the former Stanford dean. She's an educator. She's an activist. She's a New York Times bestselling author, Julie Lithcott-Hames, who shares her words of wisdom about how to raise an adult. Now, I love these interviews. If you know me and if you've been here for a, for a while, you know that like ever since I was a little girl, I love talking on the phone. And it really fills my heart because it feels like I'm just having a conversation with these guests and I'm able to share their messages with the world and with you. They have so many different nuggets of information wherever you're coming from, from in life that can help you hopefully find a little bit of joy and definitely improve your health if that's what you want. And I do this because it's important. And I, I think my, my biggest, utmost hope is that it can help others, you know, find this joy during whatever journey you're going through in life. And last but not least, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that we play the grateful game. And if you're new to me, this is uh, just an ending little segment that I coined. Uh, my son and I created it's our family's version of a mindful practice of sharing what we appreciate each day and why. Now, studies show that focusing on the good daily 
and I'm talking sometimes about little things, can help us develop a habit that can positively benefit our mental health. Now, it may be small, like creating, I don't know, just uh, something small. You know, if you listen, I talk about how sometimes watching Days of Our Lives it gets me through the day because their lives are on a soap opera always worse than mine. What I found is being able to take a moment, whether it's by myself or it's with my son or a family member, is creating a simple routine to think about gratitude, to be mindful in that moment and help us look around the good around us. And as I say so many times, like, does this change the trajectory of my cancer? Well, I don't know, but it has brought about a better mood or better energy that I do believe has helped me many times. And so I want to take a moment today and sharing with you quickly about what I'm grateful for over the last few months that you've missed me and or that I've missed you when the podcast was um, on a break. And so here we are. What I will say is this summer when I was super stressed out, not knowing which direction that my life was going to go with this new diagnosis of the, or the mutation of the stage four, I will say I'm grateful for my hammock because no matter what was going on, I could lie in it, close my eyes, feel to me, I love being on a boat. I felt like I was on a boat and that I enjoy that. And so I could take myself away to this moment of feeling a little bit of peace. And for all the following weeks and weekends where I was resting at home and maybe not feeling great, I'm incredibly grateful that I did have an event that is so meaningful to me that I had to look forward to and I was able to attend and that was the Cancer Couch Foundation, the Cancer Beat. Now, many of you, if you follow me on social media, you know this event. It is an annual event and this year they dedicated it to me and I just have to say Tom and Brett, they, this was beyond the most exquisite event. If you know events and you love concerts, the details were amazing and it was so much fun. And the joy when I was going, and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to cry. I had, I had a really hard time this fall. And when I would see the donations come in from people from my past that I hadn't spoken to in years, it just brought such joy when I saw strangers that were donating because they knew someone, because they wanted to honor someone that gave me hope. It was so beautiful. And the event itself, I mean, I can't even do it justice. Even my Instagram post from October, it doesn't do it justice, but it was the most incredible, fun, money-making, nearly $100,000 we made event where the band was the rock and roll legend, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. If you know On the Dark Side, On the Dark Side, oh yeah, from the movie Eddie and the Cruisers. It was literally my husband's favorite, very favorite band growing up. And even when I was texting uh, his sister Libby after the event and she said, oh, dad used to show that, you know, show that movie to me all the time too. It was granddad's favorite movie. If you grew up in the 80s, you probably knew this movie and loved this movie. It was just an incredible event. So many of my dear friends pulling me out on the dance floor. The band itself bringing Kevin and, and me aside and on stage and the saxophonist basically 
I, again, I can't do it justice having this spiritual moment with all of us talking about the hope and the positive energy that's in that room. So thank you over and over again to everybody who attended, who donated, who came, who showed me the love, who was a part of this. And, you know, of course, to Tom and Brett for the event, for Tom for carrying on the foundation, and to Rebecca who started it all, and to your sisters and brothers who continue to honor her, to honor me. That got me through. And by the way, side note, um, I, you know, without going into too long of a story, within weeks of, um, I, I did get COVID this fall for the first time in, in the three and a half years of it. And this event in itself, even though I felt I did not feel well, I um, I was on Paxlovid. So side note, I, I ended up within, you know, 11 days was was feeling a lot better. Uh, but because I did something that was so true to my heart, that was so amazing, that whole experience, I I felt such love even after. And I think I say this, it, not just in gratitude, but for you out there that's listening, when you're going through hard times, if you can identify the people, I, I know I'm going to say this time and time again, the people, the places, the activities that fill your heart when you're going through hardship it can sometimes make it a little easier because you can feel those feelings of what it felt like to be in those moments. Um, I also want to take a moment that during this hard time of not knowing where the direction of my cancer was going, my son started high school and this school is amazing. I knew it for, because a lot of, I, I've heard such amazing things about prep from so many different people before our time, but they have brought us in. I had somebody reach out that heard my story um, that was on the staff that wanted to know if we needed anything, uh, that we needed any help. Um, as you know, for those of you who know me personally, I really try and live my life. Yes, I have cancer. Yes, I'm a cancer patient, but it's a part of me, not all of me. And for my son, that's the way we live. He knows that we could not go on vacation this August because uh, the, the liquid around my lungs, we were supposed to enjoy my milestone celebrating these wonder years, we'll say, and we had to cancel it. Uh, and he knows that it's because of the liquid around my lungs. But we, I also told him the good news that Yale has a great new medication. And I talk about it in those terms. Yes, it's scary. And, and there are times we have conversations about it. But the way it works for me. And I, I tell you this is just one option. You have to figure out what works for you. Is it works for me to keep those conversations light. Because I really do believe that this that the that science is going to help save me i do believe that my healthy lifestyle helps me feeling well when things are hard and i i want to focus on the positive as that so uh, going back to not just the school but that we have some of his good friends i'm friends with the parents so they've become dear friends of mine and and some of my friends with their kids that go there we have had a lot of i have had fun it has meant more to me than you can understand the conversations the visits to the school store um the texts back and forth about this I am so grateful for that. Um, also in the last few months, and I will say through a lot of my cancer diagnosis, I'm so grateful for delivery services. So um, Uber Eats, Target Delivery, 
They can help you solve a problem. And of course, Amazon. And by the way, I'm a huge supporter and you've seen me. There are small businesses out there that have been amazing. There's actually um, a consignment. Check out Recycled Lines. It's a consignment store. It's online. They also have pop-ups everywhere. And they deliver when I needed to get some things. So your small businesses out there, they will often deliver and that has been really, really, really helpful. I am so grateful for my family, near and far. They continue to rise to the occasion. You know, there's a million things I could write down here. They help with driving. But even those that don't live here, my sister has managed ways to help me with driving, even though she lives in Colorado, when I'm not able to do it myself. So I am so grateful for my my husband's family, which is my family, my family that lives near and far, um, my parents and my sister who's been able to do things. And, you know, again, uh, there's so much I could say about how family, to me, family has been so supportive. There is also the family of friends, and I'm so lucky. I could spend an entire episode, and maybe I will sometime, because, hey, that would be fun for me. I just don't know if it'd be fun for you guys. Um, For me to talk about how lucky I am how much support from friends can be monumental in your journey. There are studies, there are so many studies, and especially with cancer, about that support system of of family. Starting with my neighborhood friends who are much more than, you know, just my neighbors. They have become such a part of my life. We've lived in this town for eight and a half years, and I feel like I've been friends with them forever. The, The way they have made me feel special well, I mean forever, but the way this last, the last few months is what I want to talk about. The last year and a half, especially of how hard this cancer has been on us. They have really, really risen in the occasion time and time after again. Uh, you know, my baseball mom friends, like if you've got, if your kids play sports or are in organizations, it's not just sports. These, these friends become your family and I, I just love them. And like I said, my the high school my son goes to now and those middle school friends, even my, my former besties from work, while I don't necessarily see them all the time, uh, a few of them live here locally and they continue to show up and make me laugh. And then last but not least, my childhood friends, I know you're not nearby, but thank you. A few of you have come to see me. A few of you have been begging to come to see me and I know I've said no because I've just been trying to understand how, you know, call it the new normal, how to figure out this route. And so I say this to all the people out there that are going through hardship. Sometimes you got to say no. And it's really, really hard, but to regroup. I am so lucky to have such amazing friends in my life. And last but not least, um, two things. The medical community. I'm grateful. The Cancer Couch, I mentioned, for doing the research, for funding those labs that are doing the research for better treatment so we can live longer. To my doctors, to Dr. D, Michelle, Kelly, Laura, my team at Yale, I I can't even begin to tell you how much I I thank you for letting me be me um, in all the silly ways that I am, but also setting me straight and and, being real and being firm when I need to hear that. Um, And then finally, my son and my husband, I can't even talk about it because I'll cry so hard. I know that my life is precious and our little life together and our world is precious. And the three of us have found so much joy and peace in our little house with our little dog. And sometimes those just truly are the best moments in life, not the big things, even though you know 
I want to go on boat rides. I love boats. I love water. I want to have big, fun, fancy things, but I also love just sitting at home when my husband would make pizza. And yes, I still don't eat cheese, but he'll make me some garlic knots. And now I'm at this point when we record this, I'm not drinking my favorite wine, but there are plenty of fake mocktails out there that are amazing. And we find a way to find fun wherever it is. So I share all this. Thank you for enjoying riding this journey with me. And again, those listening, I am so thankful for you. If Whether you come to me for the first time or you've been around this journey with me for 20 years of since I was first diagnosed, I thank you for being here when it's been dark. And I share with you out there if you're new to me or if you've been with me all along that even in the darkness there can be light. I have found that it's the people that have helped me laugh and bring me joy. And like I said, for you, it might be different. So take a moment and think about what you're grateful for and why and how you can add a little more of that to your life. So again, as I wipe the tears in my face, as I have a drink of some water and some of my hot cacao, um, (laughs) that is bringing me peace and calm. I thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this season will be enjoyable for you. So please, you know, continue to reach out. Let me know what you think about episodes, what you want to hear. Of course, as always, um, if you write a review, that really helps keep our podcast going. It plays around with that algorithm, as you know, and that way more people can notice us and more people will get to hear the messages that we talk about. So I'm sending out big hugs to everyone. Happy New Year, or if you're getting this later on, I am wishing you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.